The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight Championship. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned the title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious about Hypnosis. Let's get thrown. Psychosis. Psychosis. Whatever. Whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know. Hello, and welcome to episode 257 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and today I'm joined by a very special first-time guest, she is one of the DDT Divas. It's Miss Sade. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, doing very well. Thank you for joining us this week on the WrestleCast. We are very excited to have you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Like I I really appreciate you taking the time and inviting me on your show. Oh, no problem. I take uh, I appreciate you taking your time to be our guest and share some commentary with color on this crazy week in pro wrestling. Before we get started, just a reminder, the WrestleCast can be found on the CSPN. You can find the CSPN on the web at CSPN.us. You can also listen to the WrestleCast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. You can also check out the illustrated editions of the podcast on YouTube. So Ms. Sade, since you are a first time guest, first, I'd like for you to let everybody know where they can find you on social media, where they can check out your blog, where they can interact with you as well. Sure. Um, DDTDivas.com is the website. Uh, I have a website where um, a blog website where I post um, articles and content there. Um, there it's usually more like match predictions and like more critical thought pieces and things like that. Um, also, I, you know, do a little bit uh, like if I go to a live event, I'll share my photos on the blog um, as well. And I'm also on Twitter. I do um, like live tweeting for Raw and SmackDown and, and um Probably, I don't know how I'm going to do Wednesday nights, but yeah, definitely (laughs) live tweeting. So, um, and I have an Instagram and a Facebook page and it's all, everything's DDT Divas. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's all DDT Divas. So that's my uh, tag and handle. Um, And the website is just www.ddtdivas.com. All right. Do you have a hashtag that you use when you live tweet? Um, no, not really. Uh, I just usually just start. I usually just use the show hashtag and I usually just start. Um, I'm thinking about like announcing it like before the show comes on that we're going to be live tweeting. So just throw a hashtag rawcast behind it and then you'll be a part of our live tweet. And then more of the people that you would enjoy interacting with will see those tweets. Okay, cool. Thank you. No problem. Um, we have hashtag rawcast for Mondays. We have hashtag NXTcast for Wednesdays. 
and hashtag Smackdown Matters for Fridays. And then there's also live tweet hashtags for the pay-per-view. And that leads us into who you got for this week because Hell in a Cell is taking place this Sunday. Please share your pro wrestling commentary with us by using the hashtag cast in a cell. So I'm going to get your predictions on the matches that they have listed. They only have four matches listed uh, announced anyway. So this pay-per-view card may be made up on the fly while the show is going on. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are going to team up to face Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. So we would normally play who you got here, but since we don't have a third person, just kind of give me some predictions or what you expect to see out of this match. Um, I mean, for me, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan is like a dream team. Like, so I'm thinking that they're going to win. Um, they may not if uh, like Harper or Rowan like pulls out some dirty tricks or something, you know, chair or like, you know, cheat or something like, but I'm thinking Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns for the win. Um, I'm very, like, I want to see this match because I love the, like, whole, like, who tried to kill Roman storyline. So I'm ex- I'm kind of excited for this match. The next matchup, SmackDown Women's Championship match. Bailey is going to defend her title against Charlotte Flair. So, like, with this match, I, uh, I'm not really sure because with the whole draft coming up very soon, I don't know who's going to be, I'm, like, when you think about it as a wrestling fan and you're, like, overthinking it, you're like, oh, who's going to win? Because where, it, like, if will Bailey retain because she's going to stay on SmackDown or will she be moved to Raw or will Charlotte win and stay on SmackDown? Like, but, I mean, that's where it gets, like, confusing. But I hope Bailey retains. Because I feel like they can do so much more with her championship um, reign um, now that she's a heel. But, you know, it would be kind of sad to see it end so quickly. I mean, I don't know. Like, if she, she I just want to see, actually, I want to see her and Sasha as champs. So, Sasha for Raw and Bailey for SmackDown. So, I'm going to say Bailey's going to win. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm, fingers crossed. I'm putting out these positive vibes for Bailey to win. So. <laughs> Speaking of the boss, she's going to be going against Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. And this is going to be a Hell in a Cell match. Phenomenal. Uh, This match, uh, I love the storyline for this match. Uh, I love how Sasha came back. I'm very happy that she came back. She's one of my favorite uh, wrestlers. So um, I actually hope... Sasha wins and I know a lot of people are saying like Becky Lynch is hot right now but how much like heel heat could Sasha get like she's already up there like with a lot of heat like people just you know hate her she's a heel like how much heat could she get if she actually beats Becky and becomes champ like can you just imagine all the like boos and stuff like when she wins so I think Sasha should win and I hope she wins and I think it's going to be a good match. I'm really excited, and I'm happy that it's a Hell in a Cell match. Um, I'm glad that Becky gets an opportunity to do it because Sasha and Charlotte did it before. Um, and then Sasha has the advantage uh, because she's done it before. Uh, my only question is, is the cage going to be red? Because I think last year it was red. <laughs> yeah. 
So is it still going to be red? Like, uh, I guess they were thinking that it shows up better on TV if it's red, but I don't know. It was kind of funky trying to get your eyes used to that. Yeah, it was. Like for me, it was it was harder for me to like focus on the wrestlers um, with the red cage versus the like um, steel like gray steel cage. And then the last matchup they have announced, Universal Championship match, Hell in a Cell, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Oh, this is a tough one. This is, like, really tough because maybe I'm just overthinking. Like, I I feel like I overthink when I do predictions. But, I mean, is it bad that, like, if Rollins retains, then that means The Fiend has lost. Like, I mean, unless, like, there's some like someone comes out and interferes in the match or something, but if the fiend loses clean, how does that look? Like he's he's only like faced Balor, right? Like mm-hmm. so, like how would that look if he hits a title match and he loses clean the Rollins? So like that, but if the fiend wins, like what's next for Rollins? I mean, I'm sure there's so much Rollins can do, but like what's next? Like he beat Brock and he lost. Now he's losing to the fiend, and like. Is it too soon for the Fiend? I mean, I don't think it's too soon because it's Bray. And Bray, you know, he's a former former WWE champion and he's been in the company for years. But, like, for the character of the Fiend, is it too soon or is it just right? Like, I think that's a hard one. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's too soon. Uh, I, I said last week they've got a couple of ways they can get out of this match. And I think they're going to use one of them at some point in the match to get out of it. I just don't think that the fiend is a character that necessarily needs to be the champion, at least not right now. And like you said, he's definitely not a character that needs to be losing, uh, at least by pinfall. So there's an opportunity for some shenanigans here. And I think that they're going to use that in the way that they book this match, uh, tomorrow. They have to, because like you said, like, if not, it just doesn't look right for the Fiend. And I agree, like, I feel like some, like, wrestlers, some characters don't need championships to make them. Like, he's already, like, all he needs is, like, another, like, opponent, another storyline, and people will be excited and looking forward to it. Like, sometimes adding the title kind of takes a little bit away from me, like, in the case of, like, the Fiend, because he doesn't need that title. Like, but... We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm also excited to see if they're going to add. I'm sure they're going to add like a, more matches, but I'm wondering why they didn't like announce them earlier. Um, but I guess it could just be. I don't know. I just want to see more matches on the card. Not too many, but a couple more. Yeah, they'll definitely throw in something else here. Uh, some impromptu to us matches because they haven't listed anything out. Or those Hell in the Cell matches are pretty long and then yes. they give you maybe two more matches to go with the uh, Bailey and Charlotte match and the tag team match and then you get two more matches that could basically be a, sh- you know, a show right there so yeah definitely could be very interesting to see uh, what tomorrow brings coming off of this uh, crazy week uh, in wrestling and WWE in particular So we'll move on to Monday Night Raw. This is the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. 
We have a brand new logo. We have a brand new set. We have a brand new opening video. We have a brand new theme song. And we also have a brand new commentary team as a Big Joseph, Dio Madden, and Jerry the King Lawler are now our announced team. Your thoughts on all the newness to kick off Monday Night Raw? Um, I'm always a big fan of new and like kind of rebranding um, when you have a chance. Like it's a season premiere, so you can bring in a new logo, a new set, all those things. They brought back Pyro, which I thought was cool, but I feel like not. A, I don't know. We haven't seen like all the wrestlers on Raw yet, um, and we probably won't see uh, who's going to be on Raw until like after the draft, of course. But like, I like the pyro. Um, I didn't. I feel like not enough wrestlers got it, or maybe I'm just like too obsessed with like the pyro. <laughs> like, uh, but I feel like what like Bliss got pyro. Like Becky got the smoke. Uh, the Miz. Like, I just, you know, and I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but was, was the pyro, like, up top? Because the stage is, like, the set's, like, curved. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, like, interesting because uh, the stage is curved. I didn't really like the set. I mean, I like it, but I'm not really a fan of the curviness. It has to grow on me because uh, I'm wondering why is it curved. And I also noticed that the raw new Raw logo is, like, kind of curved. So I'm wondering why they're going with this like curvy set. Curvy I was logo. I was uh, doing some work at Cisco, and uh, the new thing are these curved monitors. So maybe that's kind of where they took that inspiration from because I saw a lot of these huge curved monitors uh, throughout maybe. their building. Yeah, and then the new um, commentary team. Uh, I mean, I feel like um, I know they have Jerry King, uh, Jerry the King Lawler on there as like the vet, but I feel like they should have. Um, I don't know. Like I just felt like it was they weren't very. It wasn't. There was really no one to bring the excitement. You know, you always need that person to like really bring the like energy, and I feel like they didn't have it. Was good. But I just feel like there wasn't a lot of energy. And I feel like with uh, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, he was a little, a lot of, some of his references were kind of outdated. Um, like, this is a new, gener- like, there are new wrestling fans. It's a new generation of wrestling fans. And I think he made, like, uh, a reference to Austin Power or something about Otis. <laughs> and, um, like, I'm like, I get it because I'm a millennial and I'm, like, a 90s kid. But what about, like, like I have, like, family members who love wrestling um, who actually sometimes, like, give me ideas for the blog and stuff. But, like, they are not old enough to know anything about Austin Powers. So I'm sure they're like, what? What is he talking about? So <laughs> it felt like his, like, some of his references were, like, kind of dated and, like, old school. And, like, I'm like, no, we can't go back. We got to go forward. Like, and he, like, made a comment about the claws. The claws are coming out for the women. And I'm just like. No, please don't. <laughs> so the night starts off with Ray Mysterio. Oh. Ray? Oh, there you go. Can't the Chris Kate is Oh, wait a minute. 
with Mysterio. No. Five center of the ring. Oh, come on. No call for that. No, come on, that's enough. Well, King, you oh said no one can the stop the beast. And one more time, Lesnar, another emphatic F5. And, and guys, this, this could be a direct message to the WWE Universe and also King Kofi Kingston. It's like you said, King, maybe it would have been better for Rey Mysterio. Wait a minute, guys, look at, look at this, look at this. No. Wait a minute. Dominic, leave. Go. Sit down, Dominic. Yes, please, sit down. Okay, he's watching his dad being pummeled. Oh, yeah, but at some point you have to stand up as a man and fight. No, you don't. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do this, Lester. Just put his hands on Rey Mysterio's son. He can't do that. Come on, Lesnar. Look at the strength. You break his back. Come on. Oh, my God. Looks like a fucking wild man. Come on, Heyman. Get some control over this beast. Ray realizes what's happened to his son Dominic. Lesnar! Oh, no! For God's sake! Oh. I mean, King, you, you talk about a line being crossed. I'm going to tell you something. I mean, you talk about a line being crossed. Lesnar, that's... And look at Mysterio again up on the shoulders. And another oh. five. Oh. But Dominic is a teenager. Reprehensible. Come on, yeah, look at you. Look, come on, Heyman, do something. This guy's heartless. This has been reprehensible. Just rotten. Who or anyone can stop? No, 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 come no, no. on. When is enough enough now? Somebody Mark, stop come him. On, please, no. Come on, get it, guys, get it, stop him! Lesnar again! Oh! oh. She almost too late to bring the out of the four. And now, it's a teenager! Son! Yeah, finally you say stop. cares about is just to inflict pain and suffering on people. Oh, that, is, that is one of the most heinous assaults I've ever seen. What are you proud of yourself? Is he please, please 
gotta stop kind of this. Does this guy to know oh. They're completely helpless in there. Fit, get out of there! And oh! Yeah, that okay. So that's um that like segment and was like one of those like segments promos where you have to like realize that something else is gonna happen like on the next episode or in this case SmackDown. Um, but like when it was happening, I was like, why is this happening? Like, how does it? Why? Like, where are they going with this? And now that we see where they're going with it, it makes sense. So I mean, and kudos to Dominic because. He was selling, like, that really well. Like, he got his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Well, well, whatever. <laughs> like, he just he did a good job. And, like, I thought it was interesting and kind of funny that they were, like, he's a teenager. And then I'm pretty sure he's, like, at least according to the internet, the internet could be wrong. He's, like, what, 22 or something? Yeah. He's in his 20s. So they're, like, a teenager. He can so get I guess, club. Yeah. <laughs> so i'm like yeah i guess the teenager thing was to like kind of make you like feel like to build sympathy you know like this is a kid Mm -hmm. i mean i already feel bad for anyway because he's getting beat by brock so but like he's an adult and he just got a manly whooping so he's a grown person's like beating so but yeah i now i see where they're going with it i i like it then i didn't at the time monday i didn't because i'm like okay where are they going with this but now i see so everybody who listens to this podcast knows that for I don't know Dominic's been around what four months or now or so that I have been waiting for Samoa Joe to yoke this man up and injure him and do physical harm to him at some point <laughs> and with Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio changing brands it didn't look like I was ever going to get my chance to see Dominic catch the hands from somebody. Specifically Samoa Joe, that's all I had in my preview. But when this starts happening and they show Dominic on the outside and Ray Mysterio is getting beat up, I tweeted out, hey, Dominic's been training. Go jump the rail and save your dad, young man. Only to watch minutes later. As Brock Lesnar reached over and yoked him out, I watched this super late on Monday night at like 12 midnight. I was cackling, acting a fool watching Dominic <laughs> get tossed around that ring by Brock Lesnar. It was even better than I could have imagined what Samoa Joe could have done to him. No, oh, it's. It's just that was the highlight of my Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. It was that was so good. No sympathy for the teenager. None at all. I've been waiting for him to get (laughs) mauled for, like I said, about three or four months. And it finally, maybe more than that, maybe about five months. And it finally happened. And then it like for it to be Brock, it was even more intense and even more vicious than if Samoa Joe would have done it. So kudos, kudos, kudos. That came off excellent. Brock got a ton of heat. And uh, he don't give a shit, so that's the perfect person to have to do it. Yep. 
that was, uh, as we uh, frequently say on this show, that was a foot them kids moment. <laughs> Brock had <laughs> towards Dominic. Uh, so after that craziness, uh, we have a match. We have the boss Bay, Sasha Banks, taking on Alexa Bliss. Bliss lands a head scissors, clotheslines, and misses the moonsault into the double knees. Bliss fires back with some strikes. Sasha Banks begs off and then attacks Alexa's bad knee. And then she rolls up Alexa with the tights and gets the win. After the match, Becky Lynch, who was on commentary, she comes down to the ring and she attacks Sasha. Sasha runs away. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just me or if anyone else, um, anyone listening to your podcast, maybe if they can like tweet you and let you know, like, I was not paying attention to the match as much. I was paying attention to like Becky and Becky being out there. And like, I was thinking like, what is Becky going to do? Is she going to do anything? Is Sasha going to do anything to Becky? Like I, I, my focus wasn't on uh bliss versus uh, Sasha. So yeah, I don't know if that was the intent and that's why Becky was out there, but I can definitely say I was not paying attention to the actual match. I was paying attention to the Sasha Becky storyline and like wondering, Oh, is Becky going to like interfere? Like, is she going to come out there and like do something? So. Uh, it, it was about half and half. Uh, they were using Becky effectively on the commentary. Uh, she was doing her part and then Sasha acknowledged her and they were trash talking from afar back and forth. So it was just uh, to further getting over what they got going on Sunday. And Alexa bliss, unfortunately was just a person caught in the middle. just you know unfortunate times that you know everybody can't be uh where they should be properly placed these are two of my these are probably my two favorite women on the main roster so it was very hard watching them go against each other i don't like when they make my base fight no <laughs> charlie interviews seth rollins in the backstage seth is upset over brock's actions he says that brock crossed the line well why didn't he run his ass out there and try to help but anyway he doesn't know how to game plan for the Fiend, but he says he will survive and prevail and walk out as a champion. He says when Ray is healthy, he promises him a title match, and he will still find a way to defend the Universal title later tonight. How do you feel about Seth Rollins as a babyface champion? Do you feel he's connecting? What do you feel overall about his title run? Uh, has it been a strong one? Uh, leaving more to be desired or what? Um, I definitely think I like uh, Hill Rollins better. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, uh, the whole like Rollins and Becky storyline, the couple storyline, and him fighting um Corbin and Lacey Evans, and then like, um, he had that like the first well, like I might be wrong, but wasn't the first uh his first like title offense against AJ right? And it got kind of like. They went and they moved on to Corbin and then like Corbin and Lacey. So I feel like, I don't know. It's just been kind of mediocre. It's like, it's been forgettable for me, I guess, um, because I felt like they could have like done more with uh, Rollins as champ. And I mean, they moved on to like Brock. Like that's the thing. Like, like they move on like Corbin, like Lacey and Corbin, then Brock. So it's like that break between his like reigns so you know what i mean so like it just 
I don't know. Like, it just hasn't been the best for me, at least. It's been okay. It hasn't been, like, horrible or anything, but it's not, like, uh, excellent, and I want to, like, talk about it, so. Our tag team champions, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, I call them the glorious show-offs, they take on Heavy Machinery for the Raw Tag Team titles. We get the hot tag to Otis, he runs wild on the champs, the Exploder follows, and then he hits a spinning slam on Dolph. The Caterpillar connects and Tucker tags in, but the Compactor is cut off with the zigzag and the super kick. They dump Otis to the floor, and Bobby Roode hits the glorious DDT on night, and the champions retain. I am a huge Dolph Ziggler fan. Um, I'm really biased, though, because... Uh, I actually uh, am a Kent State alumni. <laughs> um, so, and I actually got to meet him at Kent State. Like, that like that was the first time I met him was at Kent State. Um, they were actually holding holding a, an event for him because of his um, wrestling record there. Mm-hmm. So I got a chance to, like, meet him. And um, I have a story where I, like, met his family by accident. Um, cause I, I, like, I went to the event I just sat down and, um, you know, I just started talking and I was like talking to his mom. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I'm like a huge Dolph Ziggler fan. So, uh, but I'm still like, I mean, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out why they decided to put him and Robert Rude, um, together as a tag team and give them titles. So it's the WWE thing they always do. They look around and they go, oh, who are two singles guys we ain't got nothing to do right now for? Okay, <laughs> let's put them together. Let's put them in the tag team and then we'll give them the belts and then we'll figure it out from there. It's happened so many times. Yeah, that that is true. Um, I feel like they need to, like they have so many good tag teams, like uh, Heavy Machinery, I love them. Um, but I, I hope that when, after the draft, I know like a lot of stuff can't happen until like after the draft hopefully they will build on their uh tag team division because they have a lot of great teams and i'm not saying that um Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode is like a horrible team or a bad team it's just um it just seemed kind of random uh so but yeah the match i i enjoyed the match like i actually liked it um this is the match where King made the uh reference to Austin Powers about Otis, and um, it was what is the guy's name in Austin Powers? Oh. That bastard. Yeah, yeah, he made the reference, and I'm like, okay, I get it, and people that are older than me probably get it, but what about the like 20, 19, 18, and under fans that are like, what? Or like the kids, like, well, not even the kids, but just like teenagers, like they're probably like, what? Yeah, hopefully they had some. Uh parents or some friends some older people around that could be like okay yeah look it up watch this or you know check this out youtube this and you'll understand yeah hopefully because i feel like he did a lot of like old school references um like it was kind of like old school um king like the pg version of him though like (laughs) pg king from like like if if you had king back in like the attitude era but he was like a pg like person i felt like that like and i feel like that that like they need to try to target the younger audience. So make sure that they're not doing like, that's not happening all the time. You know, I got you. It's time for Ms. TV. Ms. sends his support to Ray and Dominic. 
Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart and Ric Flair are his guests. Miz says that this is an honor. Flair says that he's sick of Hogan's music after 30 years. Miz hypes tonight's season premiere and asks Hogan about being face-to-face with Ric Flair again. Hogan says it's great to be here and to be on Raw. He calls Flair the greatest of all time. And Flair says Hogan is the greatest draw ever, but he can't touch him in the ring. Hogan asks Flair, Hogan tells Flair that they aren't spring chickens anymore and says, but says that they can add another page to their legacy. Flair says he only wants to do it if he can get a paycheck the size of Hogan's. So Miz announces that at the next Saudi Arabia event that's going to take place on Halloween night, October 31st, that it will be a five on five Team Hogan versus Team Flair match with Flair and Hogan serving as the head coaches for their teams. So Hogan announces his first pick or his captain, and it's Seth Rollins. Uh, And then Flair picks Randy Orton to be his captain. And he says that they will pick their teams over the next few weeks. And they say that tonight Seth Rollins will face, but that's when Baron Corbin arrives. And Orton and uh, uh, Baron Corbin, they start beating down Seth Rollins. So Corbin attacks with a scepter and they beat down Rollins. And that's when Rusev arrives to make the save for Seth Rollins. He and Rusev run wild and they stand tall. And it appears that Rusev is also a now a member of Team Hogan. So it looks like Randy Orton and Baron Corbin for Ric Flair. And Seth Rollins and Rusev are on Team Hogan. And those are our first two announced team members on each side. How does it feel about this segment? Uh, yeah. So for me, there's a lot of problematic people in that segment. So I was not paying attention to it, and I like, like I I watched like I came back and I like watched it a little bit and like I've read up on it. But yeah, there's some problematic people in that segment. I try to like stay away from just that's how I am personally. Like you know Hogan and. Now, or like Orton, we already kind of knew, you know. I, I'm sure you heard of, like what happened, like yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are already like problematic people in the segment. But okay, so like the match, uh, and then also the whole Saudi Arabia pay review. To me, like if you're going to a country that's not going to allow women to wrestle, I'm not interested. So, but they're already promoting for Crown Jewel already. Hell in the Cell hasn't even happened yet. And it was like what the go home show, mm-hmm. so it just felt weird. Um, and then like I've heard, I like I don't know if this is true, but like Hogan and Flair like went off script or something, and like no, just, that's a, uh, that's the only way Ric Flair knows how to operate, and that's what makes it so good. <laughs> so he like went off script. Or we something listen. We like, listen to their scripted promos every week. Is it is it very entertaining? No, it's not. So when somebody comes out there who's an old school talker like Ric Flair, Steve Austin, The Rock, and they just go out there and do their own thing, that's the stuff you remember. You never remember any of these promos that these dudes do today. You're right, though. I, I agree with that. But it's just, like, funny to hear, like, oh, like, you know, if it's true, like, someone went off script. Um, But, yeah, they're already advertising for the match. And I don't know if you saw Impact. They, like, kind of shaded them. Like, they threw a lot of shade. 
um they kind of did a ray j it was like we did it first so like they tweeted like a picture of like the poster and it was like team flair team hogan yeah like they were throwing shade like okay impact like yeah we have an aop video package but before that we got a rusev interview where he's asked about lana he didn't answer that question he says he's back and he won't talk about his problems at home, but he says that he was here to save Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins owes him a title shot and he wants that title match tonight. Now it's time for the Viking Raiders versus the Good Brothers. Ivar hits Anderson with the suicide dive, then hits a top rope splash on Gallows and the Viking Raiders get the win. I don't know what they're trying to do with these two teams. They could have really had some good matches a few months ago back when the Good Brothers just formed the OC, but they don't let them win. So what are they doing? Cooling them off and nobody cares. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting also because when the Viking Raiders came in and they like first made their debut with that name, um, whatever the name experience name was i can't even remember oh, what they did. were the war raiders yeah and then like then they the, came to the then they were the viking experience yeah 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 which is i'm glad that i forgot the name because that's exactly what the company wants they want you to forget the viking experience and i had totally forgot the viking the name of the viking experience but i thought like that should have been the time when they were getting this like push because they were like so hot and like fresh um, and like you said, with the OC, like, they, like, formed the OC with a- and AJ came, you know, over and they had their group. And now, what are they doing now? Like, are they going to, are these two teams going to, like, stay on the same, like, show and really have, like, more um, drawn out, like, feuds and storylines? Or are they going to, like, put um, one team on Raw, one team on SmackDown? Like, I'm just interested to see what happens next. Right. Brock Lesnar, he's still in the building and he wants to address his actions. Cesaro arrives and he says he loves what Brock did. And he says he wanted to beat up Dominic himself, but Brock beat him to the punch. Ricochet arrives, he defends Ray, and they set up a match for later. And that match happened to take place next. Ricochet versus Cesaro. Cesaro misses a charge. He runs into the post. Ricochet hits a dragon Hurricane Rana or the West Coast Pop, made famous by Rey Mysterio Jr. And Ricochet got the win. What are they doing with Ricochet? Like, I feel like he's kind of been all over the place. I mean, besides, like, the feud with, like, AJ for the U.S. title, um, I feel like he's kind of been, like, he was in the segment about Maria's, like, baby daddy. Like, who's the baby daddy? Um, He did that, like, segment where she, like, says he's the baby daddy, and then he um, went up against Canellis. But, like, what is going on with Ricochet, like, and Cesaro, too, like, Cesaro's out there wearing, like, these, like, high-water pants, like, what happened to his tights, like, I have a bigger issue about what's going on with Cesaro, Ricochet, he can, he'll be fine, they'll be able to place him anywhere, and he can pick up with anyone, but it's Cesaro, man, they're just wasting Yes. Cesaro, he went and did that match and the UK takeover felt like yes. such a huge star, oh. such a fresh uh, just version of him. And he went out there, had a really good match against the young kid, 
got the win and he just seemed like, you know, and everybody immediately is like, oh man, we need to see Cesaro versus Walter. Then he comes back to Monday Night Raw on Monday and loses to The Miz. And it's like, what the hell? Yep, exactly. Like, he's he's just all over the place. Like, his match, like, he, like you said, he had, like, this really great match in NXT UK, um, the pay-per-view, takeover pay-per-view. Um, and then he comes back and he loses to The Miz. And, like, so his in-ring, like, matches are, like, like the match quality is good, but, like, the storylines are not making sense. Like, the placement, like, him losing, like, he has this amazing match and he loses. And then now he's, like, I guess, I don't know if he's, like, character changing and he's, like, um, gears changed because he used to have the tights and he, he was, like, wrestling, like, some kind of pants, interesting pants. <laughs> like, what is happening? Personally, I think they should move him to NXT. Like, I think Cesaro should be moved to NXT. Like, that would really help NXT. It'll give them a boost. And I think it'll be really, like, great for Cesaro's career, too. Because I'm just like, what are you doing with Cesaro? Yeah, I'd love for Cesaro to be uh, in a higher position on the card, to be a bigger impact player in the main events. It's just unfortunate that it hasn't materialized uh, here in the last few years for him because, like I always say, he has the one quality that you need in a world champion is he can wrestle and do all the things the little guys can do, and he can also do all the things the big, strong guys can do. And that would just be the perfect heavyweight champion because there's no matchup that he would be considered like an underdog in. Yes, and he always puts on high quality matchups like matches the matches are always good matches like it's very rare that you see a bad cesaro match this is true aj's oh well first firefly funhouse time the puppets are all afraid and rambling rabbit he dies again they're afraid of what will happen at hell in the cell between the fiend and seth rollins bray talks about hell in the cell noting that seth will be trapped with him Bray says the Fiend will always protect them in this place, but he can't wait to hurt Seth. Bray wants to tell the Fiend not to hurt Seth, but then laughs and says, he's kidding. And that's our segment. Um, I I, I like uh, the Fiend and the segments. Um, as a horror movie fan, it is creepy and interesting. And it's you know, it's it's interesting. Um, it's different. Well, it's fairly different. I mean, they like wrestling. Pro wrestling has always had like supernatural, like creepy characters, but I feel like it's something new for the generation of today, like the wrestling fans of today. So, AJ Styles defended his United States title against Cedric Alexander. The Styles class is countered, and Cedric cradles AJ up for a two count. Styles counters the lumbar check into the Styles clash, and AJ Styles gets the win and retains the U.S. title. That was uh, my favorite uh, Cedric versus uh, Cedric Alexander versus AJ Styles match that they've had in WWE. It was definitely my favorite WWE match between the two. Um, I'm just wondering what's next for Cedric. Like, I'm always like, what's next for Cedric? Like, where does he go from here now? Like, what are they going to do with Cedric? 
Yeah, it's very interesting placement of him, Ali, and Buddy Murphy, the 205 guys who got moved up to the main roster when uh, the Heyman and Bischoff thing happened because um, they're kind of floating right now. It, I, you know, they're not really in the tag team mix. Uh, Cedric got into this uh, U.S. title mix. But they're, you know, uh, Ali's kind of spinning his wheels. He's gotten a couple of chances at the uh, Intercontinental title against Nakamura, but that really hadn't panned out. So those three guys really need a big win or, or a title amongst the three of them uh, to kind of validate, you know, them having this position on the roster. And like you said, you know, they may be eventually moved out to different areas to kind of freshen them up uh, after the draft. We'll see, you know, where guys land. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was thinking that maybe I don't, they could make um, Alexander and Ali a tag team mm-hmm. um, and, like, really push them as, like, serious, like, tag team, uh, tag team, and that might help them, you know. Um, if not, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of bad. Like, I, I say this all the time. Maybe NXT. Uh I feel like NXT needs like some uh, wrestlers from Raw and SmackDown to like go back down. You know what I mean? And just so for the ratings. Um, so if you're a fan who have never watched NXT but you watch Raw and SmackDown, you see a familiar face, you're gonna watch. And they're really good wrestlers. Like they're phenomenal um, wrestlers. Like I love um, Ali and Cedric and Buddy Murphy. And I wasn't really like the whole Buddy Murphy being brought into the who's trying to kill Roman storyline. And then they kind of just dropped it. And you haven't seen him since that was kind of like sad. Yeah. Um, it was an accident. He wasn't really even supposed to be <laughs> near there and just happened to kind of get in the way. So they had to bring him into it just so they could explain it. And so that's, I guess that's kind of why he's kind of been laying in the back ever since. But I like but to the see... fans loved him. Like the oh, fans yeah. were like rooting for him. We're rooting for him because you know people start pointing out that he's back there and he got involved and he like grew on us. Like for sure, for sure. Lacey Evans faced off against Natalia. Lacey Evans fights off the sharpshooter. She rakes Natalia's eyes and cradles Natty for the win. Are you a big fan of Lacey Evans? Do you see the potential in Lacey Evans? Or do you think that they're wasting time with trying to get her over? Um, I okay, I think she's she has a good character. Uh she's good she's good on the mic. She knows what she's doing as this character of being a sassy Southern Belle. Um, her in in ring ability, uh I think she, she's she's not bad, but I think she needs a little work um i mean but i mean she's not bad i definitely think that she attack like having a tag team partner would really help her out and i thought that it would have been cool if they like her and charlotte you remember when like they had like her and charlotte together for like a, a short second mm-hmm. i thought that would have been cool for her and they could go for like the tag like they do have women like there's a women's tag team championship like their titles so i was thinking that maybe you know, that can, like, get her to start. But I also think what kind of cooled her off was putting her in the main event, like, seen so quickly. Um, when she should, she should have, like, she's going in reverse, I think. Like, she should have started off with that feud with Natalia, And then, you know, another wrestler 
but like I feel like she's just defeating like different women's wrestlers like women on the roster and like I don't know what is it going to lead to like I mean what's next for her Charlie let's see Paul Heyman comments on Brock attacking Gray and Dominic he apologizes for Brock and says to blame Vince McMahon for scheduling Brock to appear when Brock is in fight mode and on Friday, he will destroy Kofi and take the WWE Championship. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it was. It Paul, really was. Paul never lies. Never. When it comes to Brock Lesnar and what Brock's going to do. Uh, Charlie interviews Maria about her pregnancy. Maria says that Rusev is not the father and leaves. Sasha arrives, yanks the mic out uh, Charlie's hand and says that Becky isn't man enough for her and she will show her carnage on Sunday and no man will win her match. I thought that was cool. I, I, I liked how like they transitioned from Maria uh, Canales to Sasha Banks. Like, so. And do you think that... Okay, so... Do you think Bobby Lashley is the father of the kid? Bobby like, Lashley? Someone like... Someone put that out there, like, he's getting all these women, which I'm not really cool with that idea, but I've heard, like, people saying, like, you know, he got Lana, he got Maria, I don't know, like. No, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, would, I don't want that, but I'm just, I've heard that by several people, like, oh, it's going to be Bobby Lashley, like, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the first I've heard, so I hadn't even began to even consider the idea of Bobby Lashley in this story. But uh, we'll see where it goes from here. A limo arrives and then we get our main event Seth Rollins versus Rusev for the Universal title. Rusev catches Seth with the monster kick out of midair. Then that's when Lashley's music hits speaking of Bobby Lashley and he comes out with Lana. They start to make out on the stage. This, of course, distracts Rusev. And then the Fiend arrives and he attacks Seth with the mandible claw. And that is how your Monday Night Raw ended. Um, yeah, I'm, I want to, I mean, I, it's probably simple. Like, I want to see where they're going with the whole Bobby Lashley, Rusev, Lana uh, storyline and what happened. Like, it's one of those things where you have to, like, you can't just judge it, like, from, like, one segment. Mm -hmm. So I want to see what's happening. Um, I know there's a lot of debate about um, doing segments like that, like, as a married couple. Um, I don't know if you saw Lance Storm's tweet. Uh, he, like, quoted the Muncho Man, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to have a wife, and then I didn't. Yeah. And I don't have a wife. So, yeah, like, I, it's, I, I think that it ended, like, it was something to end on a note where everyone's going to talk about it. Like, people were talking about it until, like, Wednesday. So, I'm trying, I want to see what's next. And I wonder if they're going to have a match at Hell in a Cell. Like, that's what I really care about. Like, will we get to see Bobby Lashley versus Rusev at Hell in a Cell? It might be a little too soon, but definitely for Survivor Series, it should be in the play for that. I think they want to build it a little bit more than just having like a Monday angle and then a Sunday match. That's pretty, that's usually not their style. Very true. 
How was your uh, your overall rating of Monday Night Raw? Your thoughts just uh, in general as a show, the season debut? Uh, did it feel different enough and new enough that, you know, it was a success in your eyes? Um, It felt different. Uh, it felt slightly new a little bit. Uh, the set design is new and everything's kind of like new with that. The um, look of the show was new, but um, I was, I felt kind of like underwhelmed, like for a season premiere, I was hoping like some, something big, like some really big, like things that happen, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe a title change. I mean, I was thinking like maybe on the like tag team side or something or uh, with AJ and Cedric, you know what I mean? Like not like Rollins, like Rey Mysterio defeating Rollins, but like something, Something fresh and something new. Um, something like big something... did happen. Dominic got his ass whooped. That, that was the big <laughs> deal. It happened okay. right at the beginning of the night. I, I guess. I guess it was. I guess it's big because, it, like you said, like that is actually big because what it led to Friday night. So, I guess in hind, like think, looking at it now, that was probably big. But back then, I was like, okay, like Lana returned, Bobby Lashley returned, like. Okay, like I wasn't really missing them, so <laughs> I understand your sentiment on that. But yeah, so we'll transition into NXT as NXT is on USA for the full two hours to put out their uh, half of the Wednesday Night War battle. Um. I don't know. You went to the AEW show. If you want to figure out, find out what we thought about the AEW show, please subscribe to the dark match over on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN media, become a backstage backstage pass holder, which is the $3 tier or the $5 tier. And you'll gain access to the dark match. And you can listen to all our thoughts on AEW dynamite. Now, since you went to that particular show, I'm guessing you watched NXT the next day. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I watched NXT on Thursday night um, because that's the night, like, they put it on the WWE Network on Thursday. So, yeah, I actually watched it Thursday, and uh, I'm not even sure what I'm going to do for this week coming up. I, I don't know. Like, am I going to watch it live this week because I didn't watch it? live um, i mean am i gonna watch it live next week because i didn't watch it live this week but yeah i watched it on thursday you should do what i do which is if you don't if you don't necessarily have a bedtime like i don't have a bedtime set for myself every night i just watch aew live recorded nxt and then as soon as aew went off went and watched aew right behind it that's a good idea that's a good plan yeah so then that way it was no like I could get like a really good feel for the show I just watched and not have that time, that space to disconnect from it and then go right into NXT. So I didn't have a problem watching four straight hours of wrestling. It was varied. It was different, different presentations, different people, different styles. So it didn't feel like uh, you were watching Monday Night Raw where it just kind of drags on because it's all the same after a little while. Yep. So NXT starts off fast as this is a war, y'all. They got competition. So they start off with the NXT title match between Adam Cole and Matt Riddle. The first 30 minutes of the show, commercial free. 
So they don't want you to change the channel. Riddle kennels the last shot into an armbar. Adam Cole counters out and Riddle gets the armbar again. This time Cole escapes, but Riddle gets him in a third armbar until Cole hits him with the cast and then he hits him with the last shot. And Adam Cole, baby, defends the NXT title against Matt Riddle. Apparently, due to the uh, armbar that he put him in at the uh, show where he beat Killian Dane, uh, Adam Cole has like a hairline fracture in his wrist or something. So the cast is legitimate. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yep. That is crazy. After the match, as Adam Cole Baby is celebrating, Finn Balor's music hits. Finn Balor comes down to the ring, gets on the mic, and he tells everybody at Bull Cell that he's officially back in NXT. Shots fired. Like, it really is a war. Like, I mean, if Finn Balor is going back to NXT, like, that's some, like, heavy star power right there. So, yeah. So, I, and I actually liked the match. It was very fast-paced. Um, so, like, I really love fast-paced wrestling. Um, it's not for everybody. It's not everybody's style, but I like it. Um, there's some excitement, you know, like some, um, you're thinking, like, oh, like, you know, the match is going to be over. But nope, that per like that person kicks out. We keep going. So I really enjoyed the match. Like, and um, I was very surprised that it was the first match of the night. But again, you got to like fire your shots. It's a war. That's right. The Velveteen Dream arrives. He gets pushed out on the stage on a brand new couch. And uh, he's up the quotient of the ladies. He had about six or seven with him this time. Velveteen Dream talks about Roderick Strong and how he had help from the Undisputed Era. Dream has never said he couldn't handle more than one man at once and issues a challenge to Strong for another title shot. He says he wants Roddy to step out from the Undisputed Era shadow and when they meet, it'll be Dream over. Yeah, oh my goodness, I love Velveteen Dream. (laughs) Like, the dude is so... Like, he has so much charisma, so much talent, so much ability, like, and he's from D.C., so <laughs> I love all, like, that's a plus, like, so, yeah, I, I just love him, like, he's just amazing, and he's a big star, and, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen with, like, the draft, and if people are going to, like, ever, like, leave NXT now, or, like, you know, how they're going to do it, but I definitely think that he needs to stay at NXT, like, he's a star, and he's the star that they need to help them, you know, in this war. So definitely, I love the promo. I love that he had a new couch. <laughs> and he had, like, more women. Like, he's not, he might have lost his title, but he's still, like, he's still the man. He's still on top, so. Drew Gulak will defend the Cruiserweight title, the newly brand NXT Cruiserweight title, next week against Leo Rush. Now, that is going to be a very interesting match because Styles make fights and Leo Rush is the quintessential 
super fast wrestler and Drew Gulak is the like put him in a hold and hold him down wrestler. So this should be uh, very interesting to see what kind of match they come up with next week. Yeah, I definitely agree. That is, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a two, uh, like a styles clash. And so, you know, sometimes it works and I hope it works because I'm excited and I, I love Leo Rush, another DC wrestler. So from the area, so the DMV area as we like to call it. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for that match and I'm actually, uh, I'm excited what they're going to do to see what they're going to do with the, um, cruiserweight division and what's going to happen to like 205 live and the wrestlers in 205 live and are they going to move to nxt will they still have the show after smackdown so hopefully we'll find out right now uh they're still doing it after smackdown they moved the the recording to friday so they're still uh a part of the smackdown part of the uh programming but hopefully uh they will move them into full cell and and do things tape it there just so the environment will be better and the crowd will, and the participation will be better and uh, people may be able to start when they watch the program if they watch the show have a much better atmosphere because if you watch 205 live now it's just so dry the matches are really good but there's not enough people in the crowd that care or are interested so they can move to full cell I think they'll change that yeah, I, I totally agree. They should definitely move. Um, I Like you said, like the fans are not really into uh, the 205 Live matches, and they're really good matches. They're really entertaining. But I think they suffer from the fact that everyone's ready to go home. You're kind of tired. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, that, that'll be cool to see them on uh, NXT on Wednesdays. So. Io Shirai versus Mia Yim is our match, next matchup. Io Shirai counters to protect your neck into a cradle for a two count. Mia Yim then counters back and hits protect your neck and gets her own two count. Mia heads up top. Io cuts her off. She follows her up. And the superplex connects and Io covers for a two count. Io follows with the sliding kick. Then she heads up top and she hits her moonsault. And Io Shirai is your winner. Definitely my uh, favorite... uh women's match uh i actually enjoyed that match a lot and um what's next for eo like that's what i want to know like what's next for like who's she gonna like take on next somehow she's got to get back into uh getting close to the title contention so somehow her and candace have got to have like a another match yep but will they do it like okay so Will they do a heel versus heel match? No, because Dakota Kai is going to win the championship. You think so? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got an awesome Tegan Knox video package. Uh, she's returning after blowing out her knee last year in the May Young Classic. So she's ready to come back and perform. She's a really good baby face. Um, she's going to add a lot to the women's division. Just another baby face to uh, add to that division. And uh, maybe once Shayna kind of loses the title, we can get Bianca Belair to kind of take her spot as number one heel. And uh, Tegan Knox versus Bianca Belair could be a lot of fun. Definitely. Johnny Gargano, he wrestles Shane Thorne in our next matchup. Gargano hits the double knees and Thorne fires back with the leg lariat and the cannonball. Thorne hits the powerbomb for a two count. 
Thorn follows with kicks, but Gargano fires back and hits the rebound lariat. Thorn fires back with roundhouse kick, then a poison rana by Johnny Gargano, and then he follows that up with the super kick, and Johnny Wrestling gets the win. Now I'm going to call him Johnny NXT because I feel like he is, for me at least, the like face of NXT because he's been there so long. So Johnny NXT... Uh, not bad for a guy who was just supposed to be enhancement talent, huh? Yeah, definitely. And I like he's amazing. Like, um, great wrestler. Like, I mean, he's really done a lot for the NXT brand. Um, the takeovers, the storyline with um, Tommaso, like Johnny NXT. We have our NXT Women's Championship match, Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae. What was very interesting about this match was that on the other channel, at the same time, AEW was having their inaugural uh, AEW Women's title match. So it was interesting to see the kind of dueling women's matches at the same time. Candice fires up and hits a snap German suplex. Candice counters into the clutch counters the Carefuda Clutch, excuse me, into a Carefuda Clutch of her own. Shayna Baszler counters out, and then she works up to the rope and does a hanging joke. But Candace escapes and hits the wild ride, which is the swinging netbreaker, off of the ropes for a great nearfall. Shayna counters the unprettier, but Candace follows with the DDT. The lion salt is countered into the Carefuda Clutch. Candace fights, but she fades and has to tap. And Shayna Baszler retains the NXT women's title. Uh yeah, I'm kind of ready for uh Shayna to lose. I'm ready. Like I'll be so excited, not because I don't like her, but um, you know like it's one of those moments where you're like when is she going to lose? When is she going to lose? Like who's going to defeat her? So once you lose like loses that will be a big moment. She might not lose. You think so? <laughs> then what's gonna happen? Like, is she gonna like move on to like Raw or SmackDown? She just might or... be like, it would be cool if she did one of those things where she took the title to the main roster and was like, "I'm NXT champion and I'm looking for more competition. I've beaten all the women down at NXT, you know, and I'm gonna defend my NXT championship on the main roster because I need some more competition or something like that. Something like that would be cool." Yeah, didn't they do that like with Kevin Owens? Uh... Mm-hmm. When he first, well, he when he first came out, he was NXT champion, and he yeah. would come on the shows with the belt, but he never defended it on the main roster show. Yeah, he just like kind of showed it off a little bit, right, right? Yeah. But like I said, with the return of Dakota Kai, if you've been following NXT, this whole Shayna Baszler reign of dominance started when she injured Dakota Kai. And put yep. Dakota Kai out. Now we've come full circle. Dakota Kai is back. She's going to make her way somehow into this title picture. And I think Dakota Kai is going to be the one to get the title. Then what happens is Dakota Kai is your transitional champion. Because then we get back to Io Shirai being the champion. And then we get that showcase match between Io and Candice for the title. That is smart. Oh my gosh, you like wow, you like really booked it out. Like I, because like for me with Shanna Baszler, I'm always like, what's gonna happen next? Like when is she gonna lose? When is she gonna lose? Like I couldn't like even think of like who's gonna take her out. Like, 
but that is a good way to like that's a good thing like you that's a good storyline i would love to see so hopefully they they already have that in the works and they're moving towards that walter versus kushida is announced for next week that is going to be a lot of fun pete dunn faced off against danny birch Pete Dunn hits a German and a powerbomb for a two. Birch counters back with a headbutt and a powerbomb and an E-strike. The draping DDT follows for a two count. Dunn follows with kicks and Enziguri and snaps the fingers. And he follows that up with the bitter end to get the win. After the match, Damian Priest attacks Pete Dunn. He hits the reckoning, a.k.a. the crossroads. And Damian Priest stands tall. So it looks like Damian Priest is getting in the mix against uh, Pete Dunn. Uh, be very interesting. Uh, two men have very different styles, and uh, the physical stature of both men is very striking. Uh, so this should be a very interesting matchup once it gets played out in the ring. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree. You know, Pete Dunne, the Bruiser weight, uh, he's a, just a little bit shorter and smaller than uh, Priest. So, and like you said, the different styles. So I, it, you know, I hope it. A really good storyline included with a really good match. So, Adam Cole is interviewed in the back. He claims that he didn't use his cast to win. He says the Undisputed Era show up. Excuse me. He said he didn't use his cast to win. That's when the Undisputed Era show up to complain about Finn Balor being back at NXT. Cole says to forget about Finn Balor because the focus is on keeping the prophecy fulfilled. And Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly need to get their mind right so they can go out here and beat the Street Profits in the main event. So our main event comes the Undisputed Era. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly face off against the Street Profits NXT Tag Team title match. The Street Profits, they get a fly entrance with Wale uh, accompanying them to the ring. He's basically the hype man. Uh, he should at least put a verse together or something because Street Profits song is already, the lyrics are already tight. But uh, he was just, you know, doing the call and response. But the whole crowd had the red cups and uh, they was lit. It was quite a spectacle to see on USA. Definitely uh, my, okay, so I would say it was my second favorite interest of the night, um, like, during the whole, like, war. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my, like, probably my second favorite. It could have been my first if Wale, like you said, had some, like, verses. If he would just drop some lines, you know, like, I would have been, like, way more into it. But definitely... I'm glad the crowd loves the Street Profits. I love them. Like, they're really, like, they're good in ring, but they also bring the energy and the excitement. So. Bobby Fish heads up top. He misses a splash, and Montez Ford hits his frog splash on Bobby Fish for a two count. The Street Profits look for the Doomsday device, but Kyle O'Reilly makes the save. Montez Ford then hits a tope over the uh, ring post to the outside, which was awesome. Roderick Strong arrives. He gets involved. He distracts Dawkins. He pulls Montez Ford down off the apron. They hit the high-low on Dawkins, or the total elimination. And the Undisputed Air retain the tag team title. Uh, that was uh, probably my favorite match of the night. 
a um, lot of energy, fast paced, uh, great storyline. Um, they told a story uh, outside of the ring as well as inside of the ring. Um, just phenomenal. Just I, I just love that match. Uh, I was like hoping that there would be at least one title change, you know, that night. I mean, it is like the first full episode on USA. So I was kind of hoping or at least expecting like the Street Profits to win or um, actually Candice LeRae. I felt like uh, Adam Cole would retain, but I really thought the Street Profits were going to get the win. After the match, the Undisputed Era, they're celebrating in the ring. Adam Cole comes out from the back. He's got his title. They're basically doing like a toast. He's going to start walking towards the ring. When all of a sudden, Tomasa Ciampa's music hits. Adam Cole stops dead in his tracks. Ciampa comes out. And he has a stare down with Adam Cole. I don't know if he was looking at Adam Cole more than he was looking at Goldie. But, yeah, they had a moment there between Tomasa Ciampa and Adam Cole face-to-face to end this week's episode of NXT. That was a good ending. Again, bringing out the big guns, like they, they went to the right moment and the right time to like bring him back. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, was like I'm, I love when the show ends with like a cliffhanger kind of like a question, like what's next? Who will Adam Cole like? face now is it going to be Balor is it going to be Tommaso like who's like is it going to be a triple threat so I really liked the, the ending of the show great episode of NXT um, they had a takeover level card to counteract AEW Dynamite's uh, debut and all the guys and ladies on this show they went hard they went fast and by all metrics, when it came to bell-to-bell in-ring product, this was the winner of the Wednesday Night War. But when it came to the aesthetics and the big time and just the feel of everything, and of course the people who watched it, AEW was the standout winner of the first edition of the Wednesday Night War. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't put um, more uh, time and money into the presentation of NXT. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I was expecting like a kind of like a set design, a new set design, a pyro, and things like that. Well, so, they, they've kind of changed it from the way it was. They don't have the ramp anymore. They kind of walk out on like just the even ground now. Um, I think that they kind of want NXT to be different than Raw and SmackDown since they gotcha. already have five hours of programming that looks pretty similar. And with the talent and the NXT is there to promote, it kind of fits them a little bit better. Yeah, I can see that. But I I just, um, like, just looking at, like, uh, you know, like, AEW and all, like, if it's going to be, like, a war. But I get it. 
it's the alternative. Like NXT is the alternative to like Raw and SmackDown. So it, it does make sense though. Yeah. So great effort from NXT. I really enjoyed this show. I definitely was not disappointed in uh, four straight hours of wrestling on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll kind of button up the show with some talk about just some overall thoughts of the feeling of Wednesday and everything. But before we move on to SmackDown, our final review, just remember to support the podcast by going over to cspn.us. Click on the banner that says keep our podcast free at the top of the page. Do some shopping with Amazon busted tees. Um, You can also uh, get some books from audible uh, just support our sponsors in any way that you can to help support the podcast and keep the podcast free each and every week. Now it's time for the debut of SmackDown on Fox. Hashtag SmackDown Matters. Uh, just a little backstory before we start the SmackDown review. Uh, Miss Didi Jonay is a part of this podcast because on the strength that she used to watch the old version of SmackDown that came on Thursdays every week, religiously tweet about it back when nobody really cared about SmackDown. When SmackDown was more of like a raw review show and they would like just basically rematch matches that came on raw. Uh, and, you know, nobody really took SmackDown seriously. But Miss Didi Jonay would always tweet about it and always be the biggest SmackDown fan. So that's the reason why we came up with the hashtag SmackDown Matters, because we wanted everybody to realize that SmackDown had a place in our viewing habits, too. Well, a couple of years after that got going, SmackDown decided they were going to move off of Thursdays because the NFL was coming. And so they put the show on Tuesday and they said, oh, we're not going to tape it anymore. So everybody knows what happened. We're going to make it live. And so that was a big step in SmackDown's evolution. And then fast forward two more years now, because of the move to Tuesdays in the live show, they consistently were better than raw. A lot of that time. Now they're moving to Fox and they've become the a show as far as WWE is concerned now. So big shout out to Miss Didi Jonay and the hashtag SmackDown matters because they went from the redheaded stepchild or wrestling fans viewership to the show that most wrestling fans enjoyed the most to now being the A show for WWE. Vince and Stephanie, they come out to kick off the show. They welcome us to SmackDown on Fox. So we have a brand new entrance uh, video. We have a brand new set, just like Raw. Uh, brand new commentary team as Michael Cole and Corey Graves, a two-man team, will be the uh, team for SmackDown. What do you think about the SmackDown set? It wasn't the fist that everybody was hoping they were going to bring back, but uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. It looks nice. Um, you can tell that there's a lot of money involved with SmackDown, like the budget. The set looked nice. The opening like package where they're like showing all the wrestlers and like um, the opening looked nice. Uh, the two man team, uh, I actually like the two man team. Uh, it's unfortunate that like I guess Renee is gone, right? She has her own show. 
Yeah, she's um, gonna be more of like a special contributor to the show. So maybe when they do like uh, the sit down interviews and stuff, it'll be Renee instead of Michael Cole. Yeah, so I'm a little sad about that because I feel like they. Uh, I wish they had a, a female commentator on there. Um, you know, that's just me. Uh, I have that like criticism with a lot of like, companies, but yeah, it's sad to see that they took Renee off and she's gone. Um, but yeah, definitely the look, the feel, eight like. SmackDown is an A show. There's a lot of money. We know there's a lot of money going into the show. Like, it is money. Um, what I was thinking about was that intro was really cool. But uh, some poor person, I hope they saved that thing and got it ready because they're going to have to change it in about two weeks. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. all those people are going to be different. At least half of them, anyway. Yep. So, I hope they did some... Uh, I hope they did the whole roster in whatever that Fox production was for the roster that they have now. So it won't be too much work for the person who has to go back and make that new, new intro in a couple of weeks. Uh, Becky Lynch arrives. She starts out the show. She says she's excited to be here. She loves this show because this is where she changed the game. She says she's ready to kick some ass. And that's when Baron Corbin arrives and interrupts. Baron says that he should be kicking off the show because he's the king and he's the man. And that's when The Rock's music hits. The Rock comes out. Of course, the place just loses their mind. Rock says that he changed the WWE by coining the term Smackdown, which then became a WWE institution. He calls Corbin a broke-ass Burger King or crack and says, finally, The Rock has come back home. Corbin interrupts The Rock and says that this isn't Rock's home anymore and that he isn't the great one. Corbin steals some of Rock's catchphrases. Then Rock asks Corbin if he thinks he's really the king and calls him a 34-year-old virgin at Comic-Con. Rocky says that Becky is the man and Lynn says that she'd have bigger testicles than Corbin if she had them. Corbin runs down LeBron James um, to The Rock and then Becky and Becky shut him down. Rock says Corbin is legit and a super tough dude. Rock then leads the crowd in a STD chant. And then Corbin is embarrassing. He says that Corbin is embarrassed and angry. Corbin gets ready to fight. And then he gets beat up by both Becky Lynch and The Rock. The people elbows, follows, and Becky Lynch hits some kicks. And then we get The Rock bottom. And that is your opening segment. I loved it. I, I, I'm happy that The Rock came back. Um, he's back home. Well, he was back home or back down. Uh, Becky, I'm glad Becky was involved with the segment. Um, Corbin Corbin is going to be the go-to guy. He's kind of like Elias. Like, you know how Elias just had those segments with the, like, uh, legends. So mm-hmm. um, that was cool. I do have one question though. What happened to all the other legends? Like I thought they were like make in ring appearances. They kind of just showed them in the crowd. It's only two hours. That is true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but The Rock phenomenal, and yeah, just FYI, those Comic Cons get wild. Like I don't know what people are thinking about these Comic Cons. Like <laughs> <laughs> Comic Cons, like so you'll be surprised. You, so what you're you saying is, is the nerds be getting it in too? I mean, 
yeah come like like there's after party there's so much you can do like it's so fun like i mean and you're you're around people with the same like you're like mine so it's easy like it's easy to like have fun and you know yeah the rock hasn't lost his fastball still one of the best on the mic the rock uh the the people's elbow still gets the people out of their seat um and that's basically it i mean it's like Austin when he shows up. You want to see him drink beer and stunner people. When Rock shows up, you want to hear him cut a promo and do the people's elbow. And, you know, if it takes 20 minutes to get to it or 15 minutes to get to it, then we'll be entertained all the while as long as it finishes on that high note. Agreed. Charlotte and Becky Lynch, they faced off against Bailey and Sasha Banks. Charlotte goes up top. She does the moonsault to the floor to take out Bailey and Banks. Back in, Charlotte applies the figure eight on Bailey. Bailey taps out, and Charlotte and Becky are victorious. Great match. Um, the four horsewomen are, are always phenomenal. They always put on uh, great matches. Most, like, you know, they don't miss a beat, they don't miss a step. Uh, it's entertaining. So, you know, that was good. Um, my only, I mean, it's a two-hour show. I get it, but like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what's next, like, with the draft. Like, will other women get an opportunity to shine more, um, besides the same like kind of pool of women, um, and like, what's gonna happen to the four horsewomen? Who's gonna go where? Like, are they gonna put them on all on SmackDown? Will they get like split up? Will like Becky like stay on Raw and like? Like, that's just my mindset now. Like, when I was looking at that match, I'm like, okay, well, who's going where and what's going to happen next? The This is a good lead-up to the Hell in a Cell match. Becky and Sasha had a little good interaction. Not too much. Um, it just gets you enough to be uh, ready for the match on Sunday. I think they're going to let it all hang out. It's a big uh, spot for Sasha Banks. After her return, she's going to be in a big singles match. So I'm expecting that match to just be crazy. New Day gets interviewed about tonight's main event. Kofi says he plans to overcome the odds tonight and defeat the beast, Brock Lesnar. Firefly Funhouse interrupts Seth's entrance. Brand the puppets introduce themselves. Ramblin' Rabbit is dressed like Seth and he wants Seth not to face the fiend. Bray interrupts him and puts the Rambling Rabbit in a cell match against Mercy the Buzzard, who kills the rabbit. Bray laughs and tells Seth that history has a way of repeating itself. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I, I you know, I love those. Uh, like, I think it's good. I don't know if you heard, like... Uh, how a lot of people on Fox were not sure what was happening because they like shown the fiend like after like promo, mm-hmm. like non wrestling fans. Right. So I'm wondering like this is like like this is like huge. Like he's getting a title match for the Universal Championship, and but also like is he gonna go? Like my whole mindset is like draft now, and that, that's why I kind of wish they didn't like announce the draft so soon. Because mm-hmm. I'm like overthinking. I'm like, okay, like he would be cool. Like Fox probably wants like Fiend. Like, but is he gonna win Sunday? Like, 
who knows it's up in the air Seth Rollins defend uh, well just had a match against the Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura the blackout is stopped as the Fiend's music hits the lights go out Seth runs out of the ring up to the ramp he's looking all around and then the Fiend attacks him from behind with the mandible claw and he ends up tossing Seth off of the stage I was laughing so hard that he decided to get out the ring and run. Like <laughs> he's running. Like I mean, I get it. Like it's it's perfect. Like you know, the fiend is scary. He's a creepy dude, right? So like I get it. But I was like, I was cracking up so hard because he decided to get out and run, and he still got caught. So yeah, man. Seth Rollins has had a bad uh, couple of weeks. Um where, you know, he's had a, a hard time, uh, you know, with the Fiend. Fiend's been attacking other people. But uh, on Monday and then uh, here on Friday, the Fiend attacked him. Uh, so he's had, uh, he's had a little difficult situation. Uh, I really like what they've been doing. Like you said, it is just a horror movie uh, in the wrestling setting every time he comes out with the way it's shot with the lights and all of the graphics and everything so it's very interesting to see uh, what they're going to do at Hell in the Cell uh, involving the Fiend and how they're going to keep him strong definitely that's very important Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens in a loser leaves WWE ladder match Shane looks for the coast to coast and he hits it with a ladder on the Kevin Owens' face. Kevin spills to the floor and Shane looks to climb the ladder to retrieve the briefcase. But Kevin gets back in and he stops him. Kevin then powerbombs Shane off of one ladder into a ladder he had set up in the corner. Then Kevin climbs up the ladder, he grabs the briefcase, and Kevin Owens is your winner. After the match, Kevin Owens picks Shane up, gets on the mic, fires him, and then kicks him in the gut and gives him the stunner to send him packing. I hope that's the last we see of uh, Shane. I mean, I, I'm just, I, uh, I just want to see, like, Owens uh, have a feud with another wrestler, you know, like someone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I've never really been a fan of, like, this whole like best in the world Shane like run and gimmick, so I kind of just like I'm just ready for Shane to go. I'm glad he lost, and I hope that's it. Like I hope they stay true to the like match stipulation, and he's actually fired, and we won't see him like compete anytime soon. All right, Kayla Braxton looking as only she can look on Fox is interviewed by Paul Heyman, who shows the footage of Brock destroying uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominique on Raw. Heyman says that Ray was in Brock's way and Brock got rid of him. And tonight, Brock will win the WWE Championship. Next up, Braun Strowman, The Miz, and Heavy Machinery. They take on AJ Styles, Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and Randy Orton. Braun posts Dolph after facing off with Tyson Fury. Braun accidentally tossed Dolph into Tyson Fury, who was uh, sitting at ringside. Tyson Fury is one of the boxing world heavyweight champions. Uh, Braun then hits the power slam onto Dolph, and they get the win. After the match, 
Tyson Fury hops the rail and he teases a fight with Braun, but the security is holding him back. I guess this was... Okay. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, like, I... I I was thinking the whole time, I was thinking, I was like, this is Big Show versus Mayweather for, uh, like, years later. I mean, of course, but, you know, like, the wrestler versus the boxer. So, you know, the storyline. But... I mean, at first I was wondering, like, why the, like why are these wrestlers, like, teamed up together and why are they having that match? And then at the end you see, like, oh, it's because there's going to be a Tom Fury, Scrollman, like, battle soon. Yeah, uh, maybe a Royal Rumble might be big enough for that match to take place if they can do something with Tyson Fury. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's true, but I heard he's going to be on Raw. Monday? Yeah, I saw that too. They're going to give him a mic and uh, he's going to be able to cut a promo. <laughs> so who knows? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he's like, I mean, Mayweather is like Mayweather. So, you know, of course he can do like a phenomenal, you know, like promo because he has all this uh, charisma. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, they showed some highlights from earlier in the day where Marshmello won the 24 7 championship from Carmella and then he later lost it back to Carmella. So Carmella is like a three-time, I think, or two-time now uh, champion. So good for her. Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan in a lumberjack match. Reigns counters the claw slam, but that's when Luke Harper attacks. Daniel Bryan, who was on commentary, comes in, takes him out with the Busaku knee. We get a spear by Roman Reigns, and Roman picks up the win. I'm excited for the match on Sunday, the tag match. This was a good way to get everybody else on the SmackDown <laughs> in the back. Yes. The Revival, Ricochet, all the tag teams that were back there, Titus, I saw Apollo Crews. Uh, so at least all those people can say that they actually, you know, were on the uh, uh, SmackDown on Fox debut. Uh, this was an okay match. Like you said, it was just another good lead up to the Reigns versus uh, the tag team match with Reigns and Brian versus Eric Roman and Harper. Uh, I just have this feeling that this is all a big setup and Daniel Bryan is about to turn and leave Roman Reigns high and dry on Sunday, but we'll see. You think so? I think so. I think that would make it uh, more interesting. That would be a good twist and it'll add more um, death Mm. death to the uh, um, storyline of who tried to murder Roman? Like Daniel Bryan's a mastermind all along. Like it was his idea. Now it's time for the main event of the evening: Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar, WWE title match. Big E, Woods, Paul Heyman, all at ringside. The bell rings. Kofi rushes Brock Lesnar. Brock scoops him up, hits him with the F five. And it's over. Brock Lesnar is your new WWE champion. About nine seconds. Yeah, my review took like twice as long as the actual match. Yeah, people was unhappy because of just they felt it was disrespectful. They pretty much had reserved themselves to Kofi losing the match. But they at least wanted a match. They didn't even get that. They just got an F5 and bam, Kofi's done. 
So the outrage on Twitter and among the black wrestling community has been very, very, very strong uh, the past 24 hours. Uh, people are just not satisfied with uh, the way Kofi lost his title. So uh, they'll have to deal with that uh, in WWE over the next couple of weeks, which they probably won't even bat an eye at. But uh, it's, def- it's definitely making a lot of noise on the Internet. Uh, people are just so upset that they did not get more of a match, especially when a lot of people have had a problem with Kofi's title reign, considering that a lot of people feel like the matches haven't gotten the spotlight and the treatment that he deserves as champion. A lot of people feel like Kofi has kind of underwhelmed as far as in-ring performance uh, being the champion. And we're maybe looking for this match with Brock as being, you know, a highlight match that they could point to for his championship reign. Uh, none of that happened because uh, the WWE had bigger business in their eyes to get to because after this match, Rey Mysterio, broken up and battered, arrives. Rey Mysterio and... Dude, that's not... Oh my God, it, it is! Brock Lesnar has seen a ghost and that ghost's name is Kane Velasquez! I have never seen fear on the face of Brock Lesnar. Cade Velasquez is the man who won the UFC Heavyweight Championship from Brock Lesnar. And Velasquez is here with Rey Mysterio. And he's marching right to the ring. Lesnar can't believe it. Brock Lesnar is shocked. Lesnar right now reliving a first-round TKO courtesy of this man. It is Velasquez. Don't let take down. And Velasquez down to the rights and lefts to the base. Lesnar just covering up. Lesnar trying to get away. Lesnar trying to retreat. When the hell is the last time you saw Brock Lesnar retreat? is in shock. He cannot believe it. Kane Velasquez staring a hole through the WWE champion. Uh-oh. Paul Heyman said on Raw Monday night there's a lot of wannabe tough guys around. Well, Kane Velasquez is a true tough guy, and he's staring right at Brock Lesnar. Velasquez is a real deal, a proven commodity, and nobody knows that fact better than Brock Lesnar. I have never seen fear in the eyes of the beast incarnate like I have just now. I'm just still upset about Kofi. I mean, I, I mean, I was expecting Kofi to lose, um, but just not like five seconds, like at least like five to like eight minutes, like one move F five, like come on, Kofi is a champ. Like he like 
they just hadn't beat like what Randy Orton, um, Dolph Ziggler. Like, I mean, of course they're gonna say it's like Brock, but I feel like, and they had time to like do a little bit more. So I was expecting it, and I mean, Kofi, like, I mean, you know, it's, I don't think they're gonna address it either. Like, you know, people are saying like us as the black the black community of wrestling fans, we are upset, and um. It's interesting. It's interesting to see people uh, say things like, "Oh, well, you know, he's gonna lose. He's lost. It's not that serious." Like one, most importantly for me at least, if wrestling doesn't get you to emote and feel any emotion, then like, what's the point? Like, it has to have like a story. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you should feel something. Like people are like, "Oh, why are you upset? Like, why do you care? Like, you're supposed to feel something." And I mean, also, I think for at least for me. And the people I know, and the black wrestling fans, like, Kofi Mania was more than just a storyline and an angle. It was kind of like a movement. And it was like a feel-good moment for us as black people and black wrestling fans. So, I mean, I could see why we're hurt. And, you know, it's going to take some time to, you know, to heal, you know, fully and properly. But also, I wonder, why does Brock need the title to uh, feud with Velasquez? Like, could they just like have a match without the title? Yeah, like, you figured out the new Brock Lesnar protocol is he ain't wrestling if he ain't got the belt. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, think, you're, you're think right. Think about but... all the times you've seen Brock wrestle. Every time you've seen Brock wrestle, he's had the belt. Now, he might have lost it in that particular match that he wrestled, but he went in as a champion. And that's the only way he wrestles now. Yeah, it's killing it for me because you're right. Like um, the Goldberg Brock storyline, like I think it would have been better if he, like, if there was no championship involved. And also, it just gives it adds like more. Like there could be another story going on, like one for the title, Brock. You know, Brock storyline. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you're right. It is Brock's like thing. Like Brock has to like be involved. Like in for Brock to have a storyline, a few there has to be a title. So, So that was the end of one of the most chaotic weeks in wrestling history, at least in the last 25 years, at least. Maybe not since the debut of Nitro in 1995. Has there just been so much excitement and newness and just fervor around the wrestling business? Most of it stemming from what happened on Wednesday night between NXT and AEW. Um, Just your thoughts about Wednesday as a whole, the day. I know that you went to the AEW um, show. So just kind of give the people a kind of feel about the atmosphere and kind of what your emotions were going into Wednesday and knowing that you were going to be a part of history. Um, It felt good. Uh, Wednesday night is the wrestling night for me. Like, I feel like uh, Wednesday will be my favorite, like, wrestling night. And I was, like, because you're going to get, like, two great shows uh, with, like, two different styles. But really good. Like, there's, there are a few negatives to both shows, but they're very tiny. And, like, the positives outshine the negatives. So, um, being at the AEW show, I just, it felt good because, like you said, there hasn't been this much, at least for me as a wrestling fan, like I, um, 
I'm like a millennial, so I was watching. I was old enough to kind of remember the like Monday Night Wars. So it just feels good to like have alternatives and like you know to say like okay maybe I want to see this match more. So I'm gonna like look at this one and like you know it's not the same like the turning back and forth or whatever because now you can look at one show on your tv set and like the other one on your computer you know like but still like and it just felt good to be at the AEW show like it was a good feeling it was a lot of energy a lot of excitement so I'm glad I got to like make history by being there what was the black fan turnout at the AEW show um so this is one thing i noticed about AEW. have you noticed how they like show their fans on the like tv i don't know if it's just me or they seem to tend to show a lot of white male fans on like Mm -hmm. in the audience Mm -hmm. there were a good number of um black fans like on like sitting in front of me there were some black people on the row uh there were like some uh afro latinos um they were Puerto Rican, they were Afro-Puerto Rican people that I actually, like, talked to because they brought their flags and um, they brought the flag uh, for Santana and Ortiz. So, you know, and there was a lot of women. So I felt like there's a a diverse fan base, but I feel like they don't showcase it. Like, I feel like they just show, when they show their fans, they're usually showing, like, white males. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just curious because, um, you know, it seems to be the fanboy promotion. And like and like you said, when you see the crowd, you just see a lot of white dudes in there. But, you know, that's just across from the hard camera. That just may be those are the people buying those front row tickets and those sections where, you know, they'll be picked up on the camera the most. So I just wanted to know what the, uh, you know, the overall arena and kind of what you felt the representation was uh, from that point. I mean, I wouldn't say it was, like, WWE, like, because, you know, when you go to a WWE show, it's really diverse, like, Mm -hmm. at least that's the way I feel, like, you see so many people, um, different ages, different, like, you just see so many different people, so many, uh, but people of color, uh, but there is a good number, like, there's a good number of us there, um, uh, there's actually a lot of people that I actually knew that was, I didn't even know they were going to be there, and they were there, so yeah, it was definitely a good number. Awesome. Uh, the final results of the viewing ratings war for Wednesday came out with AEW 1.4 million viewers, NXT right around 860,000. So the curiosity definitely uh, boosted AEW uh, to an outstanding number. What WWE and NXT might be worried about though is that when NXT debuted on USA it got about 1.2 million people so if you compare the two premieres to each other there's like 200,000 people that showed up out of nowhere to watch AEW's premiere that you know didn't watch this NXT premiere uh, from a couple of weeks back when they first went on USA. So that's got to be troubling to the WWE to know that, you know, that many uh, new fans showed up to watch the AEW uh, show. 
uh, premiere. Um, and then just how much they got beat as far as the 1.4 million, the answer in 60,000, that also shows that a bunch of people who maybe have not watched since 2001 or so, uh, tuned in on Wednesday to see what AEW had to offer. And it'll be interesting to see if they can retain them. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you think that NXT maybe should have, uh, premiered the same day as uh, AEW because I feel like that that could have brought in more viewers and it would have upped the hype uh, NXT and not they should have like just jumped the gun and started in September and then it was like the awkward start because they had an hour on USA and then an hour on the WWE Network so I think they should have just waited till this Wednesday and just debuted and then I think the results, the ratings might have been different or, you know, might have been closer. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very bad move at the beginning when they first announced it by splitting it up. I didn't think that it would be uh, a very good move to do that. They should just wait, bring out everything head to head and then, you know, bring your best show against their best show, uh, you know, premiere versus premiere. And then we'll see what we get. But uh, I guess they figured they wanted to give people an introduction to NXT. People get people used to tuning in on Wednesdays uh, to you know, that there is programming on Wednesday. So I guess that's kind of what their strategy was just to get in front, get people used to coming to USA on Wednesdays, have a two week introduction to who our guys are. And uh, hopefully it would sustain them through this, uh, this first show. But uh It'll be a month from now, two months from now, where the, you know, where the real ratings kind of level out and then you can get a better judge of uh, who the people are more behind as far as their viewing habits. Definitely. So that was this week in pro wrestling as far as the WWE is concerned. Again, if you want to listen to our AEW Dynamite review become a Backstage Pass member over on the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. That's our $3 tier. And with that, uh, you will gain access to the dark match and you can hear all our thoughts uh, from AEW Dynamite, what we like, what we didn't like, and uh, so forth. So please become a patron and listen to the dark match. That's where all our AEW coverage will be found each and every week. So if you want to hear our thoughts, you got to become a patron and listen to the dark match. So at this point, Miss Shade, I'll turn it over to you for your shout outs and thank yous. Oh, thank you so much. Well, first, I want to give a shout out to you for allowing me to come on the show and talk wrestling, especially this week. It's been really historic. So much wrestling content, so much like little time to watch it and, you know, to, you know, make the content and do the reviews. It's just a lot. So thank you for allowing me to come on your show. Uh, I just want to say thank you to the DDT Divas team. It's a small team. It's really just me with the writing and a graphic designer and who does the graphic designs and the, uh, keeps the website up. And then we do have um, one other person who kind of like gives us ideas for stories and like, you know, um, social media posts so shout out to the DDT Divas team uh, Red Rainer who is the graphic designer for us he's done a great job um, just shout out to anybody who uh, subscribes to DDTDivas.com or follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and 
follow us on Instagram. So just shout out to anybody who loves our content and we hope to continue to make more content and to do better and just continue to talk wrestling and enjoy and love wrestling. Well, thank you. I'd like to give a shout out to you, Ms. Sade, for joining me on this episode of the WrestleCast. Give a shout out to my co-host, Ms. Didi Jonay. Hopefully she's doing well with the old lady gang. Give a shout out to Sam and Greg, Magnum Prime. Hope they're doing well as well. I'd like to give a shout out to everybody who joined us in the Dynamite cast, the Raw cast, the NXT cast, and SmackDown Matters live tweet this week. Greatly appreciate the community. Wednesday night was a lot of fun uh, seeing two uh, hashtags going at the same time. Uh, people kind of crossing in and out between uh, each of the hashtags. It was a lot of fun. Try not to spoil it, though. So if there's a match result, kind of keep it in the one hashtag that the match is in. So people who are watching one show at a time don't get spoiled. Uh, that would be my only uh, request if you do participate in the Wednesday night live tweet for both shows. This Sunday, join us 7 p.m. for hashtag cast in the cell as we will be live tweeting Hell in the Cell this Sunday night. So please use the hashtag share your pro wrestling commentary with color. I'd like to give a shout out to all the members of the glow. Give a shout out to everybody who downloads and listens to the podcast each and every week. All the podcasters here on the CSPN media I'd like to give a big shout out to them for all the time that they put in to making the network as great as it is. Um, again, check out cast a strong style. We'll be uh, coming up with some new episodes in the next couple of weeks, but we do have our destruction show for the uh, couple of weeks ago that we posted. So figure out what's going on in New Japan. Get caught up because King of Pro Wrestling is coming up. Minoru Suzuki versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Sonata versus um, Okada for the uh, IWGP tag for the IWGP Championship are the main two drawing uh, matches on that card. That's going to be taking place on. October the 14th, so I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Check that out. Also, Tuesday night, for all the old school wrestling fans, people who are like 35 and older, who remember the old NWA 605 studio show that used to come on TBS, it's coming back. The NWA, basically Billy Corrigan recreated the old studio and they're going to have a version of that on YouTube starting this Tuesday at 6.05 called NWA Power. Nick Aldis is her champion. Damian Sandow is a part of the NWA. Thunder Rosa, uh, the Rock and Roll Express were there. They had Jim Cornette on commentary. So it's just kind of a retro presentation of wrestling while everybody else is trying to go big and have as many people as they can on their wrestling product, they're kind of downsizing and going back to the old school feel of squash matches and promos and building everything up to, you know, the big pay-per-view events, the live events. So it'd be very interesting to see that presentation from Billy Corgan in the NWA. So get time on Tuesday. If you remember, check that out. That's going to be on YouTube. So there are no broadcasting uh, restrictions there. Just go on YouTube, search NWA power, and it'll be there for you. So for my special guest, Miss Shade of the DDT Divas, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. This has been episode 257 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. 
place, you live under a rock, or you're poor and by the looks of it, chick, you are looking at the youngest and fastest rising star. Thank you.